Praise the Lord for this conference. And the general subject is the will of God. As we come to this last message, the title of which is Meeting to Know and to Do the Will of God. Meeting to Know and to Do the Will of God. When I touched this book called Experiencing Christ as the Offering for the Church Meeting, I praise the Lord. It seems like in this book, something fresh has been revealed to us to see what meeting is about. This crucial and vital matter of meeting is actually very important in our building up the body of Christ. So for the start, before I go into the outlines. You know, I want to really read some portion from this book. I especially want to read you a summary of the book, and it is in the foreword of this book. So I hope if you have an opportunity, you know, go get this book. Again, the name of this book is Experiencing Christ as the offering of the church meeting. This was spoken by Brother Lee in 1982, and it was spoken both in Anaheim and in Irving, Texas. So let me read you some of this portion to give us a burden of what this, um, this message is about. Okay. The Lord's move today is to recover the proper and practical church life for the full expression. In the church life, the first and basic item of its practicality is the meeting life. Besides our experience and enjoyment of Christ, nothing is more crucial and vital than the meeting of the church. God's people are a meeting people, and every gathering should be a wonderful exhibition of the Christ, each one of us in our daily experience and enjoyment. It should also be an exhibition of the testimony of his victory over Satan and of the oneness of his body, the church. It should also be a most pleasant time one that is refreshing and nourishing to all the saints, and one that is living, rich, uplifted, and full of rejoicing. We need a fresh and new way oh, to see the biblical revelation concerning the gathering together of God's people. In the Bible, we see the most complete type of the church in the Old Testament is the children of Israel. Following their salvation from Egypt, out from under the oppression of Pharaoh and the bandage of the Egyptians, God's first requirement was that his redeemed ones hold a feast unto him with one another. That's why in Exodus 5.1 he said, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me. 
This assembly was a time of rejoicing, a strong exhibition of God's victory over and their deliverance from the tyranny and slavery of Satan. Eventually, God's leading and guiding brought the children of Israel to God's habitation, the tabernacle, and later the temple. The tabernacle and temple typify Christ, the embodiment of the triune God. Okay. And as the dwelling place of God on this earth, the different sacrifices offered at the appointed feasts also typify Christ. All the offering were the means for God's redeemed ones to enter into God's habitation, where they dwelt in and with God as a mutual abode. They were also food for God, the offering ones, and all the priests. When the children of Israel gathered together in oneness, both God and his people were fully satisfied with Christ. God also dwelt with them as his people, and they dwelt with him as their God. The full unveiling and the fulfillment of all these types concerning the meeting life of the church is in the New Testament, particularly in the Gospel of John, where Christ is revealed as the tabernacle God and as the fulfillment of all the offering. Our experience today of this glorious type is made real and realized by our enjoyment of Christ as the spirit of reality. So, saints, may more and more of the Lord's children, that is us, become those who are experiencing and enjoying Christ day by day as all the offering of the church for the church meeting. Having Christ as our practical entrance into the triune God as our dwelling place. Here, God and all the saints are satisfied with Christ. And God has his living testimony and expression on the earth through the church. Praise the Lord. This is what our burden is. So when we come to this outline, it is good for us to be reminded by this verse that I was touched recently. It is in Exodus chapter 15, verse 13. Exodus 15, 13. There the verse says, You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. So from this verse we see, that this habitation is actually our destiny. This habitation, this dwelling place of God, is our destination. So what is God's habitation? God's habitation is the meeting of the redeemed people. God's habitation is the meeting of his redeemed people. That's why... 
In Exodus, we see this term, tent of meeting. Tent of meeting. When we talk about tent, we are talking about God's dwelling place. When we talk about meeting, we are talking about the gathering of God's people. So in this combined term of tent of meeting, we are seeing that God's dwelling place is actually God's gathered people. And when we go to the New Testament, God's habitation is the church. God's habitation is the church. Roman number one here says, to meet is to know and do the will of God. To meet is to know and do the will of God. From the same book, Experiencing Christ as the Offering of the Church Meeting, you know, Bradley said something like this. He said, as a human being, we should all be Christians. We are created to believe in God, to have God as our life. We are made to be Christians. And then he continued and said, as a Christian, we have to meet. There is no choice but to meet. So we could also say we are created so that we can meet with other called out ones. Our goal, our purpose, as I continue in this outline, our, call, our goal and our purpose on earth is to do the will of the Father. And we do this by coming to the meeting of the church. We do this by coming to the meeting of the church. So when we talk about meeting, we need to realize that to meet is not a small thing. Because to meet does not just meet our need. To meet is to fulfill God's eternal purpose. For us to meet is to fulfill God's eternal purpose. So we could say that if we miss the meeting, we will miss God's will. Okay. Meeting is just not the right way. Meeting is the unique way for us to know his will and for us to be able to do his will. Okay, and again I would say, we exist so that we can meet. Hebrew 10.25 is a familiar verse to many of us. Here is a not abandoning our own assembling together as the custom with some is but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day drawing near. The day is drawing near. So we must not abandon our own assembling together. Okay, Roman number two says, we need to realize that besides our inner life with the Lord, nothing is as crucial, important, and profitable as the church meeting. Nothing is as crucial, important, and profitable as the church meeting. You know, so here we are talking about, on one hand, we need to have an inner life, a relationship with our Lord. 
But on another hand, we see that we need the church meeting. We need both of this, our inner life with the Lord and our church meeting. When we go to John 20, you know, after the resurrection of the Lord, we see that these two things are very balanced. There was a person by the name of Mary who really wants to see the Lord. So as she went to the tomb, she, she will not rest until she knows where the Lord is. And because of this, the Lord appeared to Mary personally. The Lord appeared to Mary personally. But later, also in that chapter, in John 20, the Lord appeared to the disciples. There he went to meet the disciples, and then he talked to them so much. He told them that peace to you. Okay, and he told them, oh, they're a commission. They have a commission. You know, and he also told them, you know, that they need to receive the Holy Spirit. That is where he breathed to them. This was all done in the church meeting. The Lord breathed into them and allowed them to receive the Holy Spirit. So we need the inner life with the Lord, but we also need to know that it is very profitable for us to meet in the church meeting. And A here said, as indicated by the Greek word ecclesia, the church, the dwelling place of God, is a meeting or an assembly of the called out ones. It is an assembly of the called out ones. Okay, so when we look at this word ecclesia, I think we all know that this is the assembly of the called out ones. And this same word ecclesia, it denotes the house, the dwelling place of God. We meet God in this habitation of God. We meet God in this tent of meeting. When we come, we will know his will and we'll be able to do his will in this meeting. I am so grateful that at the end of Brother Lee's life, he spoke to us so much about blending. He spoke to us so much about the seven feasts. I believe it is because of the seven feasts that so many of us are here today. Or we would not be here, you know, if we do not have this feast. Praise the Lord. This feast is the goal of God's will. He wants to save us and to bring us into this feast, into this feast before the Father. Okay? So we could see, even from the book of Exodus, you know, salvation is so that we are able to meet. The Lord redeemed them, bring them out of Egypt for this purpose, so that they can meet with the Lord and have a feast before the Lord. Okay? So I, I hope by looking at this, we we'll all know and we'll all see how vital and crucial meeting is. So even at these days, when physical meeting is not possible, 
Oh, praise the Lord, we can still meet by all these modern conveniences. Okay? And we could say this. If there is no meeting according to God, there really is no church in practicality. Oh, I praise the Lord that at the start of the church life in the United States, we have an example in Eldon Hall. Eldon Hall in L.A. That was a very good example. You know, the meeting actually did not start at the meeting hall. The meetings at those times. Oh, and brothers, I experienced this. The meeting began at home. While the saints were walking to the meeting, oh, they were enjoying the Lord, fellowshipping with one another, singing and praising. This is the way that the meeting were in Elden Hall. But today, maybe it's good for us to consider how is our meeting today? How is our meeting now? May the Lord really recover our meeting life. Okay, so the recovery of the meeting according to the way that God himself ordained is more crucial to us. It is not simply to meet in itself or to meet in this way or that way. No, it is that the meeting should accomplish God's purpose. In the meeting, we need to come to know what the will of God is. In the meeting, the will of God is done. Yes, many times we see that when we come to the meeting, we're still worn out from the day's work. We're exhausted. But when we leave the meeting, we are enlivened and supplied. We are joyful. We are victorious. What happened? We are not heroes. We are not superhuman beings. But praise the Lord, so many times we are saved. We were saved in the meeting. I experienced this many times in our church meeting on Tuesday night. You know, it seems like I was tired. I was exhausted. But after the prayer meeting, I was enlivened. I was full of joy. Meeting is part of our salvation. Okay. So when we come to be the one here under A, he said the church is a gathering of the believers, a meeting of a collective people. When God calls out ones meet together, this is the church. You know, this is the definition of the church. The definition of the church in a practical way is that the church is the gathering of the believers, a meeting of a collective people. Okay, and three years, our Father has predestinated us to meet together. Coming to the meeting is God's will. Okay, coming to the meeting is God's will. I hope this principle is very clear to all of us. 
like in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It talks about you or we need to come together. We need to come together. This is the principle in our church life. Okay, and then B here says, the Christian life is a meeting life. The Christian life is a meeting life. You know, we can never be an overcomer by ourselves. We need one another. We cannot live without the body. We cannot live without the church. You know, our personal life is very much related to our church life. We need the church. I think we have experienced this many times. You know, that it is in the meeting that we are saved. You know, our personal life is enhanced very much by our meeting life. Okay, and one here says, much of the grace that we receive is in the meetings, and much of the work that the Lord does is also in the meeting. So you have, you see this, that we receive grace in the meeting, the Lord's work also in the meeting. So together we must pray for this. You know, we must pray that we'll enjoy this grace from the Lord. We must also pray that the Lord would work, oh, in the meeting and in us. We must ask the Lord to duly work his central work, which is to work himself into us, so that he himself would be able to make his home in our heart, to make his home in our heart. You know, we recognize many times that the Lord, you know, is able to do some particular work when we come together in a meeting. When we come together in a meeting. Okay, that's why 2 here says, Since the Christian life is a meeting life, much of the Lord's work is carried out through the meetings. We should regard the meeting as being of great importance. We should regard the meeting as being of great importance. If I may share you a little testimony that I had. One day when I was young, I talked to my mom. I asked my mom not to go to the prayer meeting because that day I really need her to stay with me. But my mother shared with me something that touched me very much, something that I would never forget. My mom said, for me to stay with you here at home, I may be able to help you a little bit, but not much. But if I go to the meeting, and I believe that the Lord would actually help you in a more sufficient way. When my mom told me this, I recognized that he, she really recognized the great importance of meeting. Oh, may we all see the great importance of meeting. Okay, three years at the meeting, God make, in the meeting, God makes his will known to us. In the meeting, God makes his will known to us. A here said, doing God's will depends on knowing his will. 
Doing God's will depends on knowing His will. John seven seventeen says, "If anyone resolves to do His will, he will know concerning the teaching. If anyone resolves to do His will, oh may this be our prayer. May we all resolve to do His will, and if we really want to know His will." We will see his will. And B, he said, in our meeting, there are many wonderful things underneath the surface, one of which is knowing God's will. Yes, we come to meeting. Probably we join the meeting so that we can worship the Lord. We can serve the Lord. We can hear a message. Oh, we can oh, consider one another. We can be comforted. Oh, we can be encouraged. We can be strengthened. Yes, all this happened, but sometimes we need to realize that there is something even more wonderful. Something wonderful is going beneath the surface, and one of which is knowing God's will. When the psalmist went into the sanctuary of God, he was able to know God's will. Here in verse in verses. 16 and 17 of Psalm 73, it says, When I considered this, in order to understand it, it was a troublesome task in my sight until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Yes, there are so many things that we don't understand. You know, sometimes we wonder, how come this wicked person was able to be so prosperous? But if we really see, they can become what they are because God has actually given them up. God has given them up to allow them to go their own way. They have nothing to do with the enjoyment of our Lord. But what the Lord wants is to replace all these different things by Him being our everything, by Christ being everything to us. So, when we come to this, we need to realize that our life is not a matter of keeping the law, but on seeking God absolutely, so that we can have God as our everything. We can obtain God and we can possess God. Okay, when this psalmist oh, had this revelation from the Lord, something happened to him. That's why in verse 25 of the same psalm, this psalmist was, psalmist was able to say, Whom do I have in heaven but you? And besides you, there is nothing I desire on earth. Whom do I have in heaven but you? But beside you, there is nothing I desire on earth. When I read the biography of Watchman Nee, there was a time when he came to this. The Lord was asking him to give up his girlfriend. But when the Lord touched him with this verse, you know, he was so touched by the Lord that he was able and he was willing to give up Oh, the friend that he had. Okay. 
And he said, This verse touched him very much. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And beside you, there is nothing I desire on earth. There is nothing I desire on earth. Okay? One here said, God's sanctuary, his habitation, is in our spirit and also in the church. In our spirit and in our church. In the church. We need both of this. We need the dwelling place of God in our spirit. We also need to come to the church as the dwelling place. That's why in Ephesians 2.22, it talks about God's dwelling place is in our spirit. And in 1 Timothy 3.15, it said that the house of God is the church of the living God. Okay, so this both thing, you know, this habitation, this sanctuary of God is in our spirit and it's also in the church. So we need to come to both. Two here says, in order to go into the sanctuary of God, we need to turn to our spirit and go to the meetings of the church. I hope this is clear to all of us. In order to go into the sanctuary of God, we need to turn to our spirit and go to the meeting. Turn to our spirit and go to the meeting. Once we are in the sanctuary, in the spirit, and in the meeting of the church, we receive another view, a particular perception of our situation. Don't you think we need that today? Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, we need the Lord to give us another view, a particular perception of our situation. Amen. This is true, that when we come to our spirit and we come to the meeting of the church, we will have this another view. And this view is God's view. This view, this perception is God's perception. As we come to our spirit and to the church meeting, we would see that we would be rescued from our view, from the worldly view, from our own perception, from our own senses that was interpreted by our mind. We need to know that there is another view. Today, as we are facing the situation, you know, we need to turn to the view of our God. Okay, and four here goes a little bit further. It talks about God's way. God's way is to make known. God's way is made known in the sanctuary of God. Okay, so we must know God's will. We must also know God's way. God's way is the way to carry out His will. We need to know God's way. We also need to know God's will. In our spirit and in the meetings, we receive divine revelation. In the meetings, so many times we see that the veil is lifted. We are enlightened. Oh, we will see something even more. Praise the Lord. We can see something. But uh, as we are seeing this, you know, 
we should also exercise our spirit, you know, to see God's way. When we exercise our spirit and attend the meetings of the church, God's way becomes clear to us. God's way becomes clear to us. As we come to the meeting, many times we actually see new light. The Lord would shine upon us with this new light. You know, the Lord would even shine upon us that there is this God's will, there is this God's way, and there is this thing called God's timing. God's timing. So let's do God's will in God's way and in God's time. We need all this tree. Everything must be of God. Okay. Then Roman number four says, Since the will of God is in Christ, concentrated in Christ and for Christ, and Christ is everything in the will of God, we do God's will through exhibiting Christ in the meeting. Through exhibiting Christ in the meeting. Okay, let me read you this, this point again. Since the will of God is in Christ, since the will of God is concentrated in Christ and for Christ, and since Christ is everything in the will of God, we do God's will through exhibiting Christ in the meeting. Okay? You know, so as we come to this, exhibiting Christ in the meeting. Bradley wrote a hymn, which is in 864. The whole meet, the whole hymn is talking about exhibiting Christ. You know, we need to go back to read that hymns. And as we are reading that hymn, maybe we could consider, is that a description of our meeting today? Does that describe our meeting? Okay, are we coming to the Lord each time? Prepare so that we can offer the surplus to God and thus experience, oh, that's exhibit Christ. Okay, that's exhibit Christ. Okay, here, A here says, the will of God for us is that we would experience and enjoy the all-inclusive Christ and live him as our life. That we would enjoy the all-inclusive Christ and live him as our life. I have gone through the messages of last Thanksgiving conference many times. And I really love the title of that conference. It's saying that we need to know and experience the all-inclusive and extensive Christ. Okay, this we need to see. We need to know and experience the all-inclusive and extensive Christ. We should see that God's will is center of the all-inclusive and extensive Christ. And His will for us is that we experience Him, we live Him, and we enjoy Him. This is God's will for us. Okay, that we enjoy and live this all-inclusive and extensive Christ. Okay, B here says, 
Our meeting are to exhibit Christ. So when we come to a meeting, we need to bring with us the Christ whom we have enjoyed. Okay? And then C here says, the proper church life depends upon the church meeting where all the saints exhibit Christ with his unsearchable riches. The goal of our meeting is to exhibit Christ. And the Christian meeting is an exhibition of our Christian daily life. Okay. And uh, when we go back to the book of Deuteronomy, 12.5 says, But to the place which Jehovah your God will choose, out from all your tribes to put his name, to his habitation shall you seek, and there shall you go. You know, there is where we go, to the habitation. That means to the church time. And you shall bring burnt offering and your sacrifice and your tithes and the heave offering of your hand and your vow and your freewill offering and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. You know, we come to his habitation to offer up all the sacrifices, which is in the New Testament Christ as the reality of all the offerings. Oh, we come to the meeting to exhibit Christ. Okay. And E here says, we exhibit Christ in the meeting by offering to God Christ as the reality of the offering, enjoying Christ together with God. So here you say, exhibiting Christ is to offer up Christ as the reality of the offerings and also to enjoy Christ together with God. So saints, beginning from the day, from the morning, we need to take Christ as our offering. You know, we need to take Christ as our offering. Even the minute we open our eyes, we need to take Christ as our burn offering, as the absolute one. Without Christ being the absolute one, we cannot live a Christian life. Oh, we need to take Christ as the reality of the meal offering. You know, he needs to transform us so that we can live the God-man life for God and for people to be satisfied. You know, we need to take Christ as our peace offering. He is the peacemaker. He comes to make peace, to give us peace. Okay, we need to also come to the Lord to enjoy Him as our sin offering, for Him to deal with our sinful nature. We need to come to the Lord to experience Him as our trespass offering, trespass offering, you know, our sinful deeds. And as we experience all of this basic offering, Oh, we could be brought into the resurrection life of Christ and become the wave offering, one that is living, one that is in resurrection. And we can become also the heave offering, one that enjoy him in his ascension. And we can all become 
the drink offering, the pour out wine for God and men to be satisfied. You know, this is our daily life. This is how we enjoy Christ. And as we enjoy Christ, we would have this Christ to offer up in our meeting. We have this Christ to exhibit. In Ephesus, we need to function. Oh, we need to function in the meeting to exhibit Christ. We need to function in the meeting to exhibit Christ. So we need to see that the way to function in the meeting depends very much on the way we live, depends very much on our life. So if each day we live in Christ, then we would be able to function in the meeting to exhibit Christ. So our living, our living is the experience and enjoyment of Christ in our spirit. Today we want to live in the spirit. We want to have a living that is the experience and enjoyment of Christ. Then we have something to exhibit Christ. So may the Lord really recover us according to his God-ordained way so that we can all recover. We can recover the function of the saints, not only for ourselves, but to encourage others in the church life to also function. We must ask the Lord to deal with us so that we will see that this matter of the clergy and laity system is out of the enemy of God to destroy, to nullify our function. Today we should never be satisfied just by other people functioning. You know, there is no clergy and laity system in his recovery. Okay, one here says, due to the influence of Christianity, many Believers do not bear responsibility in the meeting. This is a fact. Okay? And the concept, the concept that we may attend a meeting but are not responsible for the meeting is a fundamental error. It is a ploy of Satan to render the members of the body of Christ useless so that they do not function. Who needs to bear the responsibility of the church? We are. We all need to bear this responsibility. Not just the elder, not just the leading ones. We all must bear the responsibility in the meeting. Okay? And so we see, we must see that we should not Listen to the lies of the enemy. He is lying to us. We all have a particular portion that we can offer, that we can exhibit. We have a portion that no one else has. So let's pray that we all would not allow the enemy to barricade us or to block us from exhibiting Christ.
Oh, we need to pray that the Lord will release us. So whatever we enjoy in our daily life could be exhibited in the meeting. Yes, sometimes the enemy would come in to disturb us, to tell us all things. But when we meet such lies from the enemy, we should remind the enemy that he overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, we can all be covered by this blood so that we can exhibit Christ. Jesus said, as Christians, we are members of Christ. And here it says, our most important service is to meet. Our most important service is to meet. Oh, meeting is the main place for Christian to function. Meeting is the main place for Christian to function. So today when we talk about the local church, oh Lord, we need to see that the local church is strong or weak. All this depends on our meeting. May we all be saved from the blinding work of Satan. Cause us to see that we all have a portion. We all have a portion um, to bring to the church meeting. Okay, one here says, the church meeting are the best opportunity to exhibit Christ. The best opportunity. You know, the Lord came and prepared us you know, by his blood, he gave us himself. This Christ has now come into our spirit. Today, we need to exercise our spirit. You know, gain this best opportunity. Do not allow the opportunity to go by. Each meeting is an opportunity for us to meet Christ. As Christian, we are commissioned to exhibit Christ in the meeting, and thus to do the will of God. And thus to do the will of God. Amen. Okay, and three here says, this is from a quotation from hymn 864, this last stanza, stanza eight. The Father we would glorify, exalting Christ the Son thereby, the meeting purpose satisfy that we exhibit Christ. The Father we would glorify, exalting Christ the Son thereby. The meeting's purpose satisfy that we exhibit Christ. That we exhibit Christ. Okay, so I hope that in all our meetings, we would exhibit Christ. We would allow our Father to be satisfied. You know, especially in our Lord's table meeting, may we all come to exhibit Christ. May we all have this um, burden, this aspiration with us that we will all participate in the remembrance of our Lord. We will participate in this matter of bringing back our Lord, because it's till his return 
that we will remember him. We would not be satisfied if the Father is not satisfied. Okay, let's go to Roman number 5. Since the Father's eternal will and the desire of his heart are to be built up, are to build up the church as the body of Christ, we do his will by functioning in the meetings according to the scriptural way to meet for the building up of the body, according to the scriptural way to meet. Okay. You know, I really praise the Lord. Even at the old age of our dear brother Lee, even as, as he was getting older, he still is willing to pour out himself to function so that we could see the scriptural way to meet, the scriptural way to serve, the scriptural way to build up the body of Christ. That's why he spent so much time in talking about the God-ordained way. Oh, the high peak of the divine revelation. Oh, in this matter of blending. Oh, this matter of prophesying. All this is for the building up of the church. I believe he shared one time. You know, for so long he was wondering. Yes, we know we need to build up the body of Christ. But how do we build up the body of Christ? When he came to this verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, oh, he was so touched by this verse. Because this verse is saying, through our prophesying, all the things will be done. You know, all the things should be done for the building up of the church. Oh, for the building up of his body. Okay. So 1 Corinthians 14 is actually a very wonderful chapter in the Bible. A. The meeting of the believer should always be linked to God's New Testament economy. It should be linked to eternity. It should be linked to the heavenlies. God's New Testament economy is in eternity and in the heavenly. We should come to the meeting with a vision of the divine economy. And what we speak in the meeting should focus on the economy of God. You know, whatever we do should focus on the economy of God. Even in our preaching of the gospel, what we speak to people, it should be the economy of God. Okay, that's why in 1 Timothy 1, 4, you know, Paul uh, helped Timothy to understand that we should not give heed to myth and unending genealogy, which produce questioning rather than God's economy, which is in faith. What we should dispense to people is God's economy, which is in faith, so that we can enlighten all, enlighten all, that may they see what the economy of the mystery is. Yes, this was hidden throughout the ages, but praise the Lord, today this has been revealed to us. Oh, let's take the, re take the lead. Let's take the lead. Oh, in this vision of the divine economy. Let's all be rooted in this vision. And be here, said the recovery according to the Lord's mind, 
is to bring his believers out of the clergy laity system and to replace this system with the scriptural way to meet and to serve for the building up of the body of Christ. May the Lord advance each one of us so that we will actually know the truth of the scriptural way to meet and to serve. And we will all participate in the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, here we see in Ephesians 4.16 that there is these two groups of people. The joint, the every joint of the rich supply and each one part. We need both of these people. We need the joint of the rich supply and we need the each one part. So we have no excuse. All of us must participate in the building up of the body itself in love. And then see here, said the Lord desired to recover the church meeting in mutuality, in mutuality, with all functioning for the building up of the body of Christ. We need, oh, we need, oh, mutuality in our speaking, in considering one another, in exalting one another, in teaching, in admonizing everyone. We need this mutuality. Okay, and then one here says, when we come to the church meeting, we should have something of the Lord to share with others. Do here says, before coming to a meeting, we should prepare ourselves. We should prepare ourselves for the meeting with something from the Lord or of the Lord, either through our experience of Him or through our enjoyment of His Word and fellowship with him in prayer. We must labor on Christ, our good land, so that we may reap some produce of his riches to bring to the church meeting and offer. Yes, as members of the body of Christ, we must ask the Lord to keep us living and active As members of the body of Christ, none of the members should be paralyzed. We all need to be living. We all need to be active. We all must labor. Labor is the intense work with a goal. Oh, we have a goal. A goal is to build up the body of Christ. May we labor in Christ to attain this goal for the building up of the body of Christ. That means we need to exercise our spirit or to become one with him or to experience him, to live him in every situation. Oh, praise the Lord, the spirit is subject to us. Okay, we can always turn to our spirit and allow this spirit to flow out of us. Okay, we must not waste any opportunity to contact God, experience God, enjoy God, so that we can experience Christ. Okay, so we could say from what Paul has shared, according to the New Testament, the church meeting is altogether a meeting of mutuality. 
Thus the meeting will be an exhibition of his riches and will be a mutual enjoyment of Christ shared with all the attendants before God, with God and for the building up of the saints in the church. Okay, it's for the building of the saints in the church. You know, with just one man speaking, he may be very good, but he would not be as rich as the mutual speaking of the saints because all of us has a portion. Okay, every one of us must participate in this work of the building up of the body of Christ. So whatever we do in the church meeting must be for the building up of the saints in the church. Indeed, he says, in the practice of the spiritual way to meet and to serve, we emphasize prophesying, the excelling gift for the building up of the church. Yes, you may think to do a lot of things is good, you know, to arrange chair, you know, to clean up um, the rooms and all this. Yes, these are all good. But if you want to have the excelling gift, you must prophesy. We must prophesy, you know, for the glory of the Lord. We must prophesy to enlighten so many, to nourish so many, and also for the building up of the body of Christ. One here said that significance of prophesying in 1 Corinthians 14 is to speak for the Lord, to speak for the Lord, and even to speak the Lord, to minister, to dispense the Lord into others in the sense of the divine dispensing. The entire Bible consummates in all prophesying. Uh, consummate in all prophesying. Of course, we know. When we talk about prophesying, we are not talking about predicting. Okay, that's why in 1 Corinthians 14.3 it said, when we prophesy, we speak building up and encouragement and consolation to men. Just to speak the future, this is necessary to build up anything. And it may not encourage anyone or, you know, or help anyone. You know. So the only thing that could encourage each one is by the speaking of the Lord, by speak for the Lord, by dispensing this Lord. Okay? All right. Today, you know, we need to consider, you know, we talk about our prophesying meeting. You know, are we actually prophesying or are we not? You know, I still remember one time Brother Lee spoke something. He said, in the church in Anaheim, those should speak did not speak. And those who do not need to speak, speak. You know, so he's telling that that prophesying meeting may not all be prophesying. Today we need to be prepared so that we can prophesy. We can speak for this Lord. Just like in two we say prophesying, speaking for God, speaking forth God and with God as the content. Minister God to the hearer and bring them to God. The characteristic of prophesying is to minister Christ for the organic building up of the church is for the organic building up of the church. Prophesying is to not, it's not to build up a congregation you know, for men. It's to build up 
the organic building up of the church. It's for the build, organic building up of the church as the body of Christ. Prophesying is the particular gift for the building up of the body, of the church. Okay, so, saints, I just hope that the Lord would uh, infuse us this with his burden. Today, we need the burden to actually build up the church by preparing ourselves in enjoying the Lord, experiencing the Lord, enjoying the word of the Lord, so that we can all prophesy for the building up of the body of Christ. You know, in these days, I appreciate it very much for first the 21 days of prayer, then it was extended to 30 days of prayer, and now we are going into the second 30 days of prayer. I must admit, I enjoy those prayer very much. Every morning as I came to the Lord and pray, I touch Him very much. And through such prayer, I just hope that the Lord would give us the burden. We are here not to pray, it's just for the will of God for ourselves, for our life. We want to pray for the eternal will of God, the loved will of God, the great will of God. So we must pray to the Father that we all would know this will of God and take away and take the way of God and the timing of God to do His will. This should be our prayer. You know, we take the way of God and the timing of God to do His will. Oh, we must pray that in the coming months, every matter released in this message will become an experiential reality to all of us. Lord, we pray for this. Lord, we pray for the building of the church to bring forth the organic function of all the members of the body of Christ. Lord, give us a new view of the meeting, the highest regards for the meeting. Lord, we want to come to the meeting to know the will of God and to do the will of God, to exhibit Christ for the glory of God, and to build up the church by prophesying, by speaking God into one another. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you bring the entire recovery into a new stage where the will of God is done. The body is built up. The new man is manifested and the bride is prepared for you to return as the bridegroom. Lord, this is our prayer. This is our heart. So from the depth of our being, we pray that your will will be done that your kingdom will come. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for giving us this time together in this particular way. Oh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all the saints willing to be in this conference. We just turn to you afresh. Lord, we want to stand in the oneness of the body of Christ and pray, Lord, open the heavens again. Pour out your blessing, even blessing upon blessing, even life forevermore. Amen.